0: You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and
1: eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today, we're going to talk about our personal policies, but first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby?
0: I went to share about an artist that I recently purchased some art from, and full disclosure, This is my cousin's wife, Nicole. So she's my cousin by marriage. Her name Mm -hmm. is Nicole Simmons, and we'll link to her website and maybe her Instagram, too, in the show notes. But she was working on these really beautiful, what she called abstract landscapes. Mm -hmm. So they're a little abstract in that you're not exactly sure what you're looking at, but it's clear that it's a landscape type of thing. And I loved them. So when she put them for sale, I bought three. And I am so excited to see them and have them in
1: our home. I can't wait to see it. What's new with you, Sarah? We are getting new windows in the main part of our house. For the last two and a half weeks, all I have been doing is looking up various window color combinations and trying to figure out what will look best in our house. As listeners know, this is not a strong suit of mine. (laughs) I have never really looked at or thought about windows before. And now, whenever I am walking or biking in the neighborhood, all I'm doing is looking to see what window choices people have made in terms of color and the trim color and how it all matches. All that is to say we made a final decision this morning Neil is very grateful that we can move on from this topic of conversation (laughs) in our lives. And so am I, quite frankly. (laughs) We went with black, black windows inside and out, which is not something I would have considered before, but a friend recently got windows and did black. And I was like, oh, okay. Has a more contemporary look. And I think it's going to look really good with the limestone on the front of our house. So we'll see how it goes. They should be coming in maybe about three months just in time for winter for them to be better sealed because that was the impetus for getting new windows is Mm -hmm. we currently have to put the removable caulk along our windows to Mm -hmm. keep a strong breeze from coming in through the closed windows. So we're really looking forward to having better sealed windows this winter.
0: Yes, I think that will
1: be totally awesome and I bet they'll look great. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Now let's talk about what we've been reading. What is your latest book? I just finished Psalm for the Wild Built by
0: Becky Chambers. This is a short, cozy, sci-fi read in which robots and humans have divided the moon they live on into the wilderness where the robots are and the towns where the people live. And they don't really ever mix. And so the book focuses on Dex, who's a monk who serves tea to people from this truly amazing wagon that's solar-powered and drawn by a bike. (laughs) Mm. And Mosscap, who's the robot that Dex meets. It's a pretty short little book, and honestly, nothing much happens. It's kind of philosophical, Mm. but it it was still just a lovely, comforting read, and I would absolutely recommend it. And the second one in the series just came out, and
1: I will read it, too. Mm. I am so intrigued by your description of cozy science fiction. That's not really how I think of science fiction. Uh Uh-huh. And it sounds delightful. The other Becky Chambers book that I've read, which is A Long Way Toward a
0: Small Angry Planet, which I think I talked Mm -hmm. about on the pod, I think Mm -hmm. also fits into that cozy sci-fi genre. I haven't read any other cozy sci-fi, but both Becky Chambers
1: books that I've read have been like that. What have you been reading, Sarah? I just finished Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. And this is a novel that follows Elizabeth Sott, who is a chemist in the 1950s and 60s, She is an independent woman in a time where that was not encouraged, especially in science. So it's about her work life as she tries to get the world to take her seriously as a scientist, Mm. but it's also about her personal life, raising a kid outside of the traditional nuclear family and what that was like in the 1960s. There were great characters, including a lovely dog named 630, lots of witty dialogue, I loved the way setting this book in the past highlights both where progress has been made and how far we still have to go when Mm. it comes to sexism Mm -hmm. and seeing that contrast. My only complaints are the neatly tied up ending, which you know is not my favorite. Mm -hmm. And I also struggle with overly precocious children that feel unrealistic. (laughs) And this book also had that. Uh But even with those caveats, it is one of my favorite books that I've read this year. I would absolutely recommend it. I found it highly enjoyable, and it was great audio as well. It's on my list. Let's move on to our topic for today, personal policies and rules we live by. This episode is inspired by similar episodes from both the Girl Next Door podcast and the So Connected podcast, and we will link to both of their personal policies episodes so you can check them out. Let's start by going back and forth sharing any guiding mantras or philosophies that shape our decisions and influence how we live our lives. My first personal policy
0: is something I've talked about on the pod before. It's a lesson that I learned from therapy, which is that I am not responsible for anyone else's feelings. And this serves me in relationships with adults and relationships with my children and in school and at work. It has served me. So that's a big one.
1: Mm -hmm. I love this one too and have taken it on after hearing you say it. Many times. And I feel like when I've said it to other people, it comes across differently than you mean it. Because I think it can come across <laughs> as we don't care how anyone else feels, <laughs> which is not the idea. Right. It's that you can make the decision that is right for you and people are going to feel how they're going to feel about it. Exactly. But it's not your job to get them on board. If what you're doing is right for you, it's not a a permission slip to bulldoze through the world, irrespective (laughs) of how your actions impact others. I feel like when I've said it before, people are like, "Mm." it's like, no, you don't get it. (laughs) That's so funny. And I could see how it would come across
0: like that, especially coming from a known Enneagram 8. (laughs) Uh
1: uh Yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, But I like your extended explanation of it, that it's really like, I can do what's best for me while taking courtesy and kindness into consideration, Mm -hmm. but that if something is going to really be bad for me because I'm choosing based on how someone else might feel, which I don't even know, right? I don't even know what someone else is feeling unless they tell me, Mm -hmm. then that's not
1: the right thing for me. Yep. I love it. My first one is taking time for myself is not selfish or rude. I think I have always given myself a lot of permission to take the time that I need and have always loved self-care in that way. But I think where this has come into play for me is in social situations. Mm. For example, when we were traveling and visiting Neil's family earlier in our marriage, I think I felt like I needed to be on all of the time Mm. and engaged in all of the activities when as an introvert, it was really hard for me to be on in that way and socializing throughout the day. And now I feel like I give myself permission to say, hey, I just need to go read my book for an hour in my room and not feel like I'm being rude to step away from the group in Mm. a way that I think I used to.
0: Yeah, I love how you live this out because I think it not only is a great example of you doing self-care, but it also really feels to me like a way that you flaunt the patriarchy. Because I think as women especially, we tend to feel that we're being selfish or rude when we're mm-hmm. not giving of ourself to others. Mm-hmm. And the point that you make and live so well, I think is that if you don't take this time for yourself, you won't have to give to others in the way that you want to. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. Thanks friend. My second one is that everyone does well when they can. Mm. This is something I think that I first was introduced to in a concrete way in my first yoga teacher training. And it was this idea of unconditional positive regard that you assume mm-hmm. that everyone is doing the best that they can all mm-hmm. the time, even when their best looks like not great to you. <laughs> uh huh. And then I've also recently come across this idea in a parenting philosophy from Ross Green and he's written a couple books, but I'm most familiar with his work through watching videos online and participating in a Facebook group called The B Team, I think. And the idea is that children always do well when they can.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That really connects me to adults as well. So I try mm-hmm. and embody that philosophy. So this is a personal policy, I think, that is both something that I do believe in my core, but that's not always easy to embody. Mm-hmm. So it's yes. both a core... Personal policy and an aspirational policy for my Mm -hmm. life.
1: I feel that very strongly. I've connected to this idea most in parenting Mm. when we've had struggles in our family and just recognizing that someone's best looks different at different times and taking that into account. But I love how you're thinking about it more broadly and think that's something that I would do well to take with me into adult relationships as well. My second one is that there is enough time for the things that matter. Mm. I think our culture gets so wrapped up in this idea of busyness and busyness being a virtue. And if you talk to people, how are things going? Oh, just so busy. Everything's Mm. busy. And just it doesn't have to be like that. And I think taking the approach, even when things feel really full and like there is a lot on our plates, recognizing there actually is time. We can make this happen. and going into it with this approach that I'm so busy, I can't fit it all in, makes that come true. We're seeing there is enough time for the things that matter. And then really thinking about what matters and what has to get done mm-hmm. and letting the other stuff go.
0: Yep. That's a aspirational one for me too. <laughs> My last one is another one that we've talked about on the pod before, which is, it's just money, we'll make more. And This absolutely comes from a place of privilege where Mm -hmm. we are both not disabled, we anticipate being able to work, we have jobs that pay well and that are in demand. But that aside, money has been a huge source of anxiety in my life and in the life of our marriage. Mm -hmm. And so this is a really good policy for me to look back on when things are feeling tough with money Mm -hmm. and to remind myself this is not forever. It's just a season. And to be able to integrate that without
1: freaking out. I strive to embrace this as well. And I appreciate you reminding me (laughs) of this one on a regular basis. No problem. My last one is, what we have is enough. One of my favorite sayings that I've come across is, when you love what you have, you have everything you need. And disclaimer, that is objectively false. <laughs> Not everybody has what they need, no right. matter how much they love what they have. But I think in our position, we do have everything we need. And I love this turning towards appreciation and contentment rather than striving for the next best thing. And I think just reminding myself regularly that I do love my life and what we have and what we've created and that it's enough that I don't have to be constantly reaching for more because real happiness for me has come from that contentment piece rather than the striving piece. Love it. An idea that's really connected to personal policies is boundaries Mm -hmm. and what boundaries we maintain in our lives. Let's share our most important boundaries.
0: Mine that I thought of are not taking on negative energy from people around me, even people I love. Mm -hmm. And I think that has to do with this idea that I'm not responsible for other people's feelings, that I don't need to take it on and try and fix it and solve it, Mm -hmm. that it can just be. And then a second one is a boundary related to my physical body, which is eating as much food as I need to. Mm -hmm. I think that... There's a lot of judgment around how much people eat, and sometimes I need more food to feel satisfied, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm really leaning into that intuitive eating piece of how much food do I need to feel satisfied, and setting aside the judgment around how much it is, and that's a boundary I'm making with myself.
1: I love that. Related to eating, I feel like I also have a boundary about people talking about what my kids are and aren't eating. Mm. And that we don't comment on what they are and aren't eating and I don't like for other people to do that either. Mhm. Another boundary is my own bedtime. Mm. I really do not like to be up past 10 p.m. and do not like going to events that are even up till 9 because then it takes a while to wind down afterwards. Right. And it has to be something really worth it because the trade-off of missing my bedtime is rarely worth it in mm-hmm. my experience. Mm-hmm. And I felt a very strong boundary around bedtimes for my children when they were younger as well. A little bit less so now, although really, I think that's one area we might be able to tighten up a little bit.
0: <laughs> be just a little bit more firm with that boundary.
1: <laughs> hmm mm-hmm. Similar to boundaries, are there things in your life that you always say no to? I
0: always say no to social events that will deplete me
1: instead of fill me up. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten pretty good at telling what those will be now. Yeah. What are some of the defining characteristics for you? What makes it worth it versus not?
0: If there's not somebody who I really love, who I'm looking forward to seeing there, Mm -hmm. or if it's something that, Andrew really wants to do and I really don't want to do. Mm -hmm. We have had a lot of conversations about social events where he thinks I don't want to do things that are specifically for him. And I've said, if you say to me, it is important to me that you are there. I want you there. I want to be there with you. Then I usually Mm -hmm. feel fine about it. And I know that's not going to feel depleting because we've had this advanced conversation. Right. But if it's something that's sort of just a general thing And he's like, yeah, you can go or not go. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go. I would much rather have, you know, take the kids to a play date with parents who I love and talk with them instead Mm -hmm. over the time rather than go to this thing where I'm going to have to do surface level small talk with a bunch of people that I don't know and who don't really care about me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see how that feels really different if you know that it's important to Andrew because Mm -hmm. then the whole reason for going is… I'm supporting my spouse and making that connection with your spouse as opposed to seeing what am I personally getting out of it. Exactly.
0: And then you talked about people talking about what your kids are eating. Mm -hmm. And one of my things that I always say no to is along those lines as well, which is talking badly about my body or about other people's bodies. Yep. I don't want to participate in it. I don't want people around me to be talking badly about their bodies. I don't want to hear what people think about my body. Mm -hmm. I was really upset when someone said something about Andrew's body the other day. I'm just, Mm. no. That's a no across the board. No, no, no.
1: Yep. Agreed. It's also very boring (laughs) to talk about bodies. It's really not that interesting. There are so many better things we could be talking about. Agree. What are your things you always say no to, Sarah? Weekday evening activities for the kids. And most kids' activities in general. Uh Uh-huh. In order to really feel like I have enough time for the things that matter, we have to say no to a lot of stuff. And trying to fit in something after a long school day, it just feels like there is not enough downtime for all of the introverts in my family Mm -hmm. that would like to be reading, working on art, being outside, connecting with friends in a way that they don't necessarily get to do at school. And I feel so strongly about protecting that time for them that there has not been an activity that has felt worth it to encroach upon it. Mm -hmm. And we may eventually get to the point where the kids will find something that fills them up where it feels worth it to go into that time, but we have just not gotten there. And I see no reason for me to be forcing that upon any of us. Mm -hmm. Another thing I say no to is snacks that aren't produce or nuts after dinner. Mm. my kids often do not eat a lot of what is served at dinner. Mm -hmm. And especially now that they're up much later than our dinner time, before it was dinner and pretty much after that, we did books in bed when they were younger. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of time for snack discussions.
0: Yeah, that's our life right now.
1: But now that it's several hours later, Mm. they're hungry and it becomes a situation at bedtime if they have not had snacks. But having some kind of boundary around it makes it easy to say yes. We just tell them, you know what's available and you can get that stuff and eat Mm -hmm. it, but we're not getting out all of the granola bars, the chips. We're not opening packages of things and it has just made it much simpler to have very specific guidelines around what happens around food after dinner. Nice. On the flip side, are there things in your life that you always try to say yes to? Yes, a social event that I always want to go to is meeting our friends on
0: Friday afternoon at the park. These are the friends mm-hmm. that we've made through Plum School. Yes. And I never want to miss it. When I think about making my schedule as a nurse, I think the only thing I need is to have Friday afternoons available <laughs> mm. so that I can do this.
1: Yeah. Similar to what you said. There used to be a regular group after school that would Mm. stay and play on the playground. Mm -hmm. That has been disrupted since COVID. Right. But there's also a park really close to the school. And whenever there's a group of kids that are staying at the park, we always try and say yes. We love getting that social interaction for adults and kids. Or now that my kids are older, saying yes to them playing at the park and walking home after if there's things that I need to get done. Mm -hmm. But it feels like such a great way for them to be interacting with their peers in open-ended play. And I never like to say no.
0: Another one of mine is cuddling with my kids. They are still little Mm -hmm. and still both pretty cuddly. And so when they want to cuddle with me, Especially at bedtime or in the morning, Plum and I have a Mm -hmm. really sweet waking up ritual where I go up to her room at 6.30. She needs to be up at 6.45. And then she Mm -hmm. and I just cuddle and talk in her bed for 15 minutes. Mm. And Pepper is the same way at night where he'll say, will you just read one restful book to me? (laughs) Mm, where he wants me to that. read, you know, like Night Moon, one of these like really short, mm-hmm. simple books, and then he'll turn on his side and say, "Will you just rub my back?" <laughs> oh, I love it.
1: So those are the things I'm always saying yes to with them. Mm-hmm. I always say yes to reading aloud with my kids. I just love doing that with them, and it feels like one of the best ways we have to connect. So it's very rare that they ask me to read a book and I say no. I love it.
0: My last one is conversation with Andrew. Hmm. I feel like I always try and make time for that, whether that's us G-chatting during the day or, you know, when he comes home. Sometimes we do our own thing in the evenings after we put the kids to bed, but sometimes he'll say, can I talk to you? And I'm like, yes, I would love that.
1: Hmm. That's a great one. My last one is going to the pool in the summer. I think there are lots of ways that I am not a fun parent. And I say no to lots of kinds of play that I do not find fun (laughs) with my kids. But I really love going to the pool. I think it's really fun. And it's such a way to create these positive family memories where Mm -hmm. we all really are having fun. And it's such a short part of the year also that I really like to say yes. I love that. Let's end our conversation about personal policies By sharing any that you would like to implement but have not yet brought into your life, a new
0: family policy that we are in the process of implementing, inspired by some friends of ours, is we are trying out no TV on the weekdays for the kids. Mm -hmm. It is sometimes very hard to turn off the television once we turn it on. Yes. And so it feels much better to just say, oh, we're not doing that on a weekday. We can watch Mm -hmm. plenty of shows on the weekend
1: Mm -hmm. and then
0: move on with our lives. They're not happy about it because we're still in the implementation phase, but I am feeling great and like it's going to work really
1: well for our family. (laughs) Well, that is key to its success. So I'm sure they'll be on board soon. (laughs) Whether they like it or not. My aspirational policy is also related to technology. Mine is for me to use my phone less when the kids are home from school and in the evenings generally. I think. I do okay with this, but I could do better. And I notice it, especially if we're all sitting in the living room and everyone's reading, and then I'll be checking Reddit on my phone. And I'm like, (laughs) "Hmm, why am I not the person also reading when everyone else is? And I would just like to model that behavior for my kids, that technology is useful in lots of ways, but that we should be the ones using it for our benefit, not getting sucked in to Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I've just been trying to bring renewed attention and focus to that in my life. Good luck. Thanks, friend. Let's end our conversation about personal policies there. Listeners, we would love to hear about the rules that you live by. Let's end by sharing something we've been eating lately. I'd like to give a follow-up on my iced coffee experiment. Oh, good. I tried making it once using the French press, and mm-hmm. then I tried once just putting it in a mason jar and then straining it in a really thin colander. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I noticed a difference between the two, but you can use one of the really big mason jars. Oh, yes. Yeah, so You can, so make, I can a make a lot make at once. More. Yeah, yeah. Yes, which felt great because all I'm doing is grinding the beans, filling it with water, and then you just leave it for mm-hmm. 12 hours. But it's nice still to not have to do that multiple times in a week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this batch that I've made should last me at least a week and a half, maybe two weeks. I would say I still feel like there's a slightly bitter aftertaste. Mm, Interesting. But when I add milk to it, I feel like it's perfect. And I am really happy that I followed through on it and plan to keep making it. Yeah, iced coffee success. That's my update. What have you been eating lately? I
0: have been loving the mini kind bars. Have you seen these? Mm -mm.
1: I know kind bars, but not the small kind.
0: They're small. It looks like a fun-sized kind bar, Mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. So I love them. My favorite two flavors are the dark chocolate almond coconut, which to me tastes kind of like Mm. a Samoa, the Girl Scout cookie. Oh, yes. A little bit. And dark chocolate cherry cashew, also really Mm. good. That's a new one that I just tried. It has dried cherries in it. And these are perfect, I think, for the end of my packed lunches when I take lunch to school or to the hospital
1: Mm -hmm. because it's
0: a little something sweet, but it's not overwhelming. Or it's a really good snack because it has a fairly significant amount of protein and fiber for something so Mm -hmm. small. And I love little small candy bars, like little Heath bars are my jam, but Mm -hmm. this is so much more filling and hits the same note. So I'm here for it.
1: Mm. Love a good snack win. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your
0: books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Should I do my other one? Uh...